What's going on, boys and girls? We got a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had an interview with the Michigan monster, Skylar Brandt. Terrific interview. I'm going to go on record saying it's one of my favorite interviews that we've done on Two White Lights. No offense to the other people we had on Two White Lights. We love you all. You guys were all terrific. Skylar just bought the goods, and I was especially happy how he was able to interview because he's a young lifter, but the dude is wise beyond his age. We talked about how he got a start in powerlifting, his performance at APF Nationals, his invitation to big dogs, the adjustment he has to make to compete at that massive, massive powerlifting meet. Get that guy a sponsor. Get him out there. Get him to big dogs. He deserves it. We also talk about his tutelage under the Lillibridge coaching method. We talk about his use of gear. He was very open about it. Uh, really good, insightful conversation with him. To start the show, we talk about people returning to the platform, all-time world records being broken on deadlift by Mr. Deadlift. We also go into a Two White Lights unofficial topic of the week on supplements. I rant on CBD oil, but I was also curious on what supplements power lifters take. We had a good conversation about that. But before we get into Two White Lights, I want to talk to you guys about Rival Us. Guys, girls, visit RivalUs.net to get all of your supplement needs. Use promo code ANGEL15, get 15% off of protein, creatine, branched-hand amino acids, pre-workout, multivitamins. We had a topic today on supplements. Everyone says they use it. Powerlifters use it. Bodybuilders use it. Get 15% off of your order. Save some money with RivalUs. And without further ado, here is Two White Lights. It is Monday. June 24th, I feel good because I just got done with training and we're back in person in the evil layer. I'm staring the most beautiful man in power and I am not upset. Yeah, I I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's good, to, it's good to be in studio. It is, man. We the, don't do the this show's enough. better. It is, it is better. We talked about this before the show. It's better together. It is. It is. You it's can, fantastic. It, it's like a lot of things in life you can do it solo, but with a partner it's a lot more fun. For sure. I don't know exactly what you're referring to, but you'll explain it to me after the show. Hey, I will tell you when you're older. That's right. So we're back in the evil air. We have an excellent show of two white lights for you today. We had the Michigan Monsters, Skylar Brandt, yes. on coming off of all-time APF Nationals performance. And we can say that is an all-time performance. It's, it's an all-time, yeah. And I, I don't use that term lightly. Called Heather Connor a legend last week. I, you know, said Dylan is one of the more famous people we have on the show. Yeah, it's yeah. all factual what I say. I'm not trying to blow smoke up people's ass. It's science. It's science, people. I don't know about that. But it's science. It's in the Geneva Convention. Look it up. Geneva Convention is about... Is that about space? No. Is that about World War Two? It, it is, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because now I can't remember because it was an the SNL. Fours were for, and it's, yeah. You're in the right track. No, because it was on SNL once. No. I was like, oh, tell the nice. Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, because I was remembering that, like, that reference is used somewhere. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, we had Skylar Brand on the show, a terrific interview. We talked about a lot of things. How he got into powerlifting, his performance, coaching under uh, Team Lillibridge, Goals for the sport. Got invited to Big Dogs. Huge accomplishment. That's at 19 years old. Yeah. He will be the young. I, I have to say, he'll be the youngest one, I think, to ever compete there, yes. Uh, my There's only five of them, so. 
Might have to ask Matt Wallace on that one. He yeah. knows probably more, a little bit more about the. But than definitely us. he'll be the youngest one there this year. Yeah, and he's going to be facing tough competition. Really interesting to talk about that. Very open about his gear use, which was yeah. refreshing. And refreshing to hear him a lot talk about his technique and him being super honest about what he needs to improve on. Sure. Powerlifters don't do that as much, especially in the age of social media, and he does it. The, so the self awareness is something that is lacking in many mm-hmm. lifters. It's one of the things I, I talk about with you specifically. Yeah. That you're incredibly self aware when you're when you're breaking down tape. And from what I've heard and then obviously you you're confirming, Skylar is very similar in his obsession with it. Yeah, he's passionate about the sport, but talking to him talking to a nineteen year old mm-hmm. didn't seem like I was talking to a nineteen year old. Wise beyond his age. So awesome. really great interview. Actually one of my favorite interviews that we've done so far. Awesome. And again, I don't lie, I don't blow smoke up people's ass. It was probably one of my favorites. So we have that. We also want to break some news. Or is this even breaking news at this point? Uh, not at this point, no. But people know, but you got to talk about it, right? Yeah, of course. And at the same, like, we talk about social media a lot on the show. We talk about how it could be either good or bad. This is the reason why social media is good. Is because, when was this? Last weekend. Was it last weekend? This, this, no, this was this weekend. Oh, uh, this yeah, this is this weekend. We have an all-time record-breaking deadlift from a guy that people don't really know and probably doesn't get enough credit for being a really good powerlifter. Uh, yeah, and, and, and here's, here's the thing. Is like I, I've been following uh, Mr. Deadlift for about a year. Christoph, uh, where, where's the Bicky? Yeah, where's Bicky? Where's Bicky? Something like that. I should know that. I'm from Lamont. Yeah. I have to like grow up pronouncing Polish people's horrible names. It's true. Uh, difficult names, not horrible. They're nice people. They're, mm, yeah, continue. They're, nice <laughs> they're, they're great people. Us, us Eastern Europeans, we got to sit together. Yeah, they're, they're, all, they're awesome people. Yeah. Polish people. But, uh, so, I, so I've been following him here for, for about a year. His, his deadlift technique is fantastic. It is. He's, yeah, I'm looking at the video right now on King of Lifts, and I think the original video is on Powerlifting Legends. Give those, both those pages a follow. He's so upright. And he so really perfect is. with how he just did that. Didn't do it with a belt, and very Yuri like. Yeah, and but he's not like the same build. He's a tall, lean man. He's he he is built. It, it's interesting. He is built very much like Doctor Deadlift, Kaylor Woolham. Yeah, but he lifts very much like Yuri Belkin. Yeah, and, and so it's very interesting, kind uh-huh. of the, the the combination thereof. And uh, you know, we talked about earlier getting ready for the show. Very much a build of a deadlift specialist. Yep. And he's still strong near the list, by the way, if you go look at his page. Yeah, he's on private, so that's probably why I didn't give him a follow. I don't like when powerlifters are mm-hmm. on private because I have to hit that follow button. Interesting. And then I don't know if their page is full of just, like, horrible uh, ads for CBD oil or something. <laughs> we'll get so, into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, 930, or 953 pounds at 216 pounds. Uh, he's Mr. Della, so I Guess he didn't get his PhD. Apparently not. Maybe he dropped out of deadlifting school. Yeah, maybe he didn't get his deadlifting doctorates, but it's okay. It appears he just went right into the field. So yeah, you just yeah, you're you don't need a doctorate. Yeah, in order to be a expert in your field, and yeah, that deadlift is pretty clinical. So, god damn, he's tall. I'm looking. I'm still looking at him. He's a tall bastard. He is. But that's. I mean, you set a low bar. No offense. Yeah, I do. I mean, literally, I set a low bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you have to be five ten to be. Like massive in my mind or tall. Bane is almost there. 
Like, I'm, Bane is I'm, almost a giant. But because I'm wide, I, I have that big Oh, yeah, for sure. Head, so. so that was news coming out of, was that, Poland, right? He's a Polish lifter. Was He's that a in a Polish, Polish yeah. competition? I don't know if it was Polish competition, if I can look in the back. Yeah, everything is English. Uh, it was a deadlift challenge. Uh, and it doesn't give me where it was at. Mm-hmm. Uh, even on the screen. So, so I'm not 100% where you Yeah, I would love to was. see. So, alright, so here's again my idea. Deadlift off, you could do it between him, Belkin, and, uh, Dr. Deadlift. There's a few people that were asking for that. That'll uh, be awesome. That That'll be, be incredible. Yeah. Get it, ship him to, ship him, play for his flight to the Arnold, pay for Yuri's flight to, I mean, Russia would already do that for him anyway. Of course they will. Um, and then have, as Caleb will. Putin will send the, the private plane, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he'll probably be with him, just take a picture with Arnold and leave. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, get those guys in the cage and have a deadlift off. I think that'd be awesome. I think that's a lot of potential, and the most entertaining aspect of the sport is this. You could have three guys going for close to a 1,000 pounds on deadlift, and he did 953. Did he have more in him? Maybe. Can Yuri Belkin pull a little bit more than that? Can uh, Dr. Deadlift pull a little bit more than that? Maybe. Like, you gotta see. You put, you put the right environment together. I know that there was, I think it was two years ago, uh, Steve Johnson, uh, Forsaken Warrior, he and Kayla Roll and Dr. Deadlift had a, a little side bet going on who would be the first one to a thousand. Steven always had to deal with some injuries, some other stuff. He's, you know, getting back into stuff. I know I've seen him start to train again. Uh, Kayla, same thing. He's been training well, dealing with some knee injury or, mm-hmm. or issues. Uh, but did very, very well when he was over in Russia. Yeah. Uh, when he flew over there. So I would love to see something like this go down. Uh, you got, you know, three, four guys that are all pulling over 900 pounds raw and we could see that first thousand pound, uh, deadlift. Yeah. Um, I would like to see it and I would like to see just a deadlift competition, uh, kind of go on. Why not? Also on King of the Lifts, I don't know if it's ex- exactly breaking you. Throw in there, uh, Jamal too. To give these guys a run. Oh yeah, shit! Jamal Brown is one, yeah. one of my faves right now too. He's he's kind of. A, I always kind of forget that he's he got. I think he got over nine hundred with straps, right? I yeah. So, so he can he has he he has the, some of the best technique I've seen. I think a lot of people's favorite as far as just uh, being a deadlift specialist, even though he's a strong dude in the other lifts. But as far as being a deadlift specialist, I think a lot of people have him as their fan favorite uh, because what he's. He's, he's, he's a good, child, right? He's one of those children that are stronger than me. He really is. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of folks, they do like Kaler. Because, um, again, same thing. Deadlift Specialist is still very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, so congrats to Kristoff. Uh, to it was a great, uh, great lift. Said his name right. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Deadlift, I'll just keep going with that. Yeah. Because uh, he, he has earned that, <laughs> that title for sure. Well, definitely Mr. Deadlift, I think, was yeah p- potentially a shot at uh, – at, uh, Killer Willow, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. It's like, well, I'm Mr. Deadlift because you took the, uh, if you have a handle, you can't take the handle. You can't. So you can't take that because people are like, that's, wait, you know what, Dr. That, Deadlift aren't, isn't that, that, that you can't even be, do it differently. Spell that differently. should be what they're lifting for. Mm-hmm. Not money, to, like, you get the handle. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Lifting for the handle. Yep. <laughs> yeah, also, uh, one of the first guys I started watching into the sport, mm-hmm. uh, King of List posted this, um, Deuce Gruden, son of John Gruden. He, I, I was wondering if he would ever powerlift again because I just never seen anything from him. And I believe he's like a strength conditioning coach for the, for, for the Redskins. Yeah, for his uh, uncle. Yeah. Um. So I was like, be cool to see him compete. I remember when I first got involved in the sport. Uh, he was on House of Highlights. Yeah. So he's on Bleacher Report and House of Highlights because, of course, he has the namesake of 
John Gruden as being his dad. Yep, yep. It's like John Gruden's son's a fucking beast. Um, then he used those terms, but then they posted his numbers at, and it kind of gave me that like, you know, I can out pull him at least. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I guess they're, I'm like, strong, it's not, I'm like, it's House of Highlights, and like they put it on there. I'm like, I. He's got a great uh, squat and bench, and I beat. I think he beats me as far as his all-time best and my all-time best by like one Wilkes point. But uh, put in a seventeen hundred plus total, seventeen thirty six. Um, I believe hopefully at one seventy eight. Yeah, he comes in shredded. Yeah, because I think he weighs around like very similar to the top one hundred eighty three pound guys. Yeah, probably walks around to one ninety one, one ninety two. Yep. Um, and it's actually light compared to those other guys because some of those dudes walk around at two hundred. Yep. But um, came into it lean. Uh, had himself a pretty damn good meet. Don't know if he's going to be at USAPL Raw Nationals. Um, it feels like his job is kind of important and needs to be there, and it's during the football season. But I don't mm-hmm. know exactly his schedule. But I would like to see him there because it was one of the guys I first started looking at as far as where I rank as far as people in my weight class. Um, if his dad's there, would it be appropriate if I thanked him for Khalil Mack? I mean, that's up to you. As a, as a Bears fan, you do, do what you feel is appropriate. Uh, yeah. I personally would not. I Well, I don't know. It might be on a Sunday, the competition, or at least the weekend. But I think it's like, oh, and by the way, thanks for uh, Khalil Mack. Yeah. And, and just kind of walk away. Or... Or thank him for his dad giving us Khalil Mack. You could. I, again, if it's me, I probably don't. Mm-hmm. But you're also not me. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, it'll be awesome to get punched in the face by John Gruden, though. Um, again, I, I would disagree. But I think it'll zero. just guess who'll end up in House of Highlights. The jackass with the ponytail. I get it. Yes, <laughs> me. I would get punched in the face by John Gruden. He'll make news. I'll make news. I was like, all I did was thinking of Khalil I mean, Mack. And here's the thing is, if he does... You're automatically getting paid. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, we'll settle out of court easily. And then I think this is incriminating evidence, so we might have to edit this entire part out. Because it feels like we're baiting him into punching me in the face while he's at USAPL Nationals. But, again, would love to meet John Gruden. Because I I always thought he was an entertaining character prior him being the Oakland Raiders head coach for the second time on Monday Night Football. Kind of wanted to coach the Bears. I now I've rescinded my. <laughs> I, I, I reeled that one back because I don't want him coaching the Bears anymore. I think 2014, maybe the Mark Tressman and uh, what's that fucking John Fox days. Yeah. Kind of wanted Gruden there at that time, but now I'm a believer of Nance. Okay, uh, but or Nagy, not Nance. Why did I say Nance? I'm editing that part out. Nagy, Nance. Who the fuck is Nance? Who the fuck are the Bears? Don't even. (laughs) Don't even. Yeah, all we gotta do is win one Super Bowl and we have as much as Aaron Rodgers has in his entire career. Yeah, as long as the Packers, though. Well, well, who cares about that? Oh, you guys won the first two Super Bowls. I know. It was barely on TV. Who cares? They were so. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that doesn't matter. You guys have only won one. You've been living in 1985 forever. Well, I can agree with you on that. If you would have bought that up as your first argument, you would have won. But you bought up the Packers (laughs) Super Bowls. I'm like. All right, two of those were total bullshit. It was like in the Mesozoic era in football, Wrong. and then Wrong. and then when Brett False. Favre won against the you Patriots. By the way, another kind of overrated figure is Brett Favre, but uh, that, that I will. I <laughs> but okay with that. Um, but uh, yeah, so hopefully Deuce Gruden's at uh, USAPL Nationals. Uh, Lane Norton is yeah. aiming to do that, that so it'll be doing. great. Uh, my goal is to out total my coach. Yes. Yeah. Coach, so, in quotations. So I, yeah, I can't wait to see him. Like, hey, what's up, coach? How are you? It's like you Who see my you? you see my squat the other day. It's like, no, what no. the fuck are you talking about, kid? 
I'm not a kid. I'm 26 years old, sir. But I DM'd you. <laughs> DM'd you a few times, coach, and then this continues, and then he just probably punches me. If I get punched by John Gruden and Lane Norton the same weekend, I mean, I don't even need to win. At that point, you breach Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, I don't even need to win USA. Just, walk, just walk away from the sport. Yeah, but it, again, it would be pretty cool to compete and watch Lane Norton compete. Hell yeah, man. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Because uh, I did ask um, as far as, like, what he's doing. Yeah. And he's, like, not running anything close to PH3 due no. to I can't squat three times a week anymore. Yeah. But um, it seems like training is going well for him. But before we get into our topic, which is kind of a new topic or yeah. a surprise topic, because we didn't post anything on Instagram, and it was mostly just me thinking and being bored over the weekend and pondering things, we're going to talk about supplements bodybuilders take. We'll probably have maybe more of a show on supplements or something where it's more specific. Maybe get Mikey Sell in here. Yeah. Former yeah, yeah. reoccurring guest um, to because he's smarter than me. He, he knows the supplement <laughs> stuff, man. He knows that game. Yeah, he's smarter than me. So uh, we could possibly have him on for that. But before we get into the topic, we have an interview with Skylar Brandt. Yes. Enjoy it. All right. As promised, we have... Skyler Brandt, the Michigan Monster, 2019 APF National Champion, all-time world record in team total at 21, 2100 pounds plus, raw with wraps lifter, he's on FaceTime right now calling from Michigan, what's going on man? How's it going man? It's going pretty good and you're just coming off of a really all-time performance at APF Nationals in Grand Rapids, we're going to get into that, we're going to get into your future goals, but I gotta ask... Before we get into even your origin story, how are you feeling after a competition like that? Were you totaled over 2,000 pounds? Uh, I'm feeling really good. It's kind of a weird thing. I had been chasing that total. When I first started lifting, I always had that, I want to be the strongest teenager in the world type thing. and It it was always there, but after I did it, it just felt like another meet. And I was like, man, you know, I missed 50 pounds on my squat. And I pulled 800 pounds like it was a second or first attempt. It's just like... You know, to hit that total and beat the record by seven pounds, I feel like I got way more in me, you know. And it, it was kind of, it like, now it's kind of hit me, like, okay, that was cool. But I got to turn right around and start, you know, gearing up for another one, so. Yeah, usually when you go through a great meet, it takes, like, I think five days for that high to decrease. And then you're already thinking about the next one. And you have a big meet coming up, too. Um, but we'll get into all that. How's your body feeling? Good. Okay. You know, I feel like I just went through that total like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I made the mess up on my squad. I made a lot of mess ups. That a lot of variables that go into that squad. I was bashed online for the depth, and there's all reasons, all a bunch of shit that went into it that I never put out there because I mean, people, it's such small little details that they could care less, you know. So. All right, and mentally, you already said you're really looking forward, but we talked about this with Heather last week. Me and Matt Wallace talked about it. After a meet, do you have that, like, little post-meet depression, post-adrenaline depression where you want to just get back in the gym and start your program up? I did last meet really bad. Mm-hmm. I, I was way more excited for my two thousand, my first 2034. You were there. You've seen it. You mm-hmm. talked about it. And I just went – I typically after me, I take three or four days. With my size, I have a very hard diet. Mm-hmm. I should, you know, i got to eat all day long, it mm-hmm. seems. I take about three or four days. I just kind of eat whatever I want, you know, ham sandwich, not pushing my calories or anything. And But that, I was kind of depressed, and it just kind of dragged on for a long time. You know, I did so well, and I pushed myself so hard at that meet, I didn't think I could do any more mm-hmm. back then. So I was actually in a rut. I was supposed to take two weeks off and then start training right away. I took the two weeks completely off, pretty much, 
and went in and missed an 800 pound squat my first training session popped a rib out okay couldn't walk. Uh, i couldn't walk after that 800 pound miss and it just it was a rough start to that knee prep mm-hmm. um i had sciatic issues rib popped out and i had to work and i was going to work i couldn't even sit down mm-hmm. you know driving two hours to work and back it was agonizing i couldn't comfortable and i had to take about a week off and go to my massage therapist get all that straight you know stuff i should have done mm-hmm. beforehand but i thought no nah, it's all right i feel good i'll go right back into training and that was cake, so. yeah well skylar's 19 years old and i think i did the same thing when i first started powerlifting when i was like 23 as you get older into the sport you actually kind of look forward to that one two weeks off but like anyone you want to get back in the training so how did the Michigan Monster get into powerlifting? Give uh, the two white listeners a bit of an origin story. Well, it all kind of started. I've, I've always, like, when I was a little kid, I always was fascinated with the Hulk and all these big, you know. Mm-hmm. Dude, I just, like, I want to look like that, but I didn't even know there was anything to get there. Um, I started lifting weights when I was a freshman. Uh, we had a group of buddies. We have our high school gym was a community center also, so it was open all the time. Mm-hmm. Before school, at lunch, and after school, I rode the bus, so I couldn't just stay after. We would we would lift weights for about 30 minutes each time, so we would be eating and benching, like, almost every day, and, you know, just all the time. When we got any extra time in school, we were in the gym. Um, after that, there was a lot of things that got me into powerlifting specifically, but as a freshman, I think a lot of freshmen in high school go through a lot of depression and you know, they don't know where they fit in. I felt... Identity I felt, crisis. Yeah, I didn't even... You know, I had buddies, but they kind of all... I was the fat kid. I kind of got made fun of all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my girlfriend were always pretty rough. And, you know, never really going that good. And, um, I basically, that whole year, I was just lifting to get rid of that. And at the end of the year, just something happened. I didn't even get into it, but it really messed me up. And I was very, very depressed. I think it was like at an all-time low where that's all I knew was pain at that point. Mm-hmm. I, I knew of powerlifting. I followed, like, powerlifting motivation on in, or on Instagram. And uh, I started seeing these videos, like Eric Lillybridge, uh, George Lehman then. He was pushing 900 pounds right when I started. And Eric was squatting a grand. And uh, I started watching George Lehman videos all the time because my deadlift was the only lift that was good. And uh, I yeah, started watching. most people. Yeah, yeah. and uh, George, he had a, he's different. Mm-hmm. a lot different than the other lifters he's a very deep person i watched a lot of his videos and me with my own self issues and all the struggles i was having mentally uh i found training to be a way to get rid of that you know almost like therapy people always talk about iron therapy and they train well i did that and that summer i had i live in the middle of nowhere i had no way to get to the gym i uh, i actually started going to my grandma's from friday to monday mm-hmm. and chores for her all week and that whole freshman there going into sophomore year and what she would do is she paid for my ymca membership and would drop me off at the gym every day so my four training days a week were on the weekend and my grandma was dropping me off because that was the only way i could get to the gym and uh so i was lifting there i had a belt i had some shocks you know i thought i was a power lifter i didn't know had no idea what i was doing my training was just crazy but you know, the only thing that really mattered was that mental just, I'd be like crying in the YMCA, like full George Lehman, like it was probably really cringy, but it, it had to happen, you know. And uh, then finally, I met this kid, he walks in, drops a bag on the ground, 
he's got like an insert belt, all these wraps. I go, dude, you're a power lifter, aren't you? Like he goes, and he lived local, and uh, we became really good friends. His name was Ryan Hammer, or uh, his Instagram is Green Hammer. Uh, you, you'll find him on there if you want to look him up. But uh, we became like best friends, and we built a gym together in a little shed. Nice. And, uh, every, yeah, we, dude, we had a squat rack, a platform, and a bench. And after that, that's when I started collecting equipment. Like, I have my own monolith now and 40 pairs of plates. Dude, I got a whole gym. You know, I just keep moving it. And uh, after I met Ryan, I trained out of a basement, garage, you know. That's always been it. The YMCA, it was full of a bunch of old people. And when you're moving four or five plates, they look at you weird, you know. Mm-hmm. And we that. We wanted just an exclusive place to move big weights. Just go as crazy as shit as we want. Because mm-hmm. and Ryan, we... We thought we were going through some shit, you know. We were in high school, but we thought we were struggling big time, and training was the only way we got rid of it. So we just trained hard, you know, for hours, and I've been doing that for years. So Yeah, I think powerlifters now, especially the ones who are my age, are kind of in that, you know, that prime kind of stage from 23 to 30 where they're disconnected from where they started, which most powerlifters started when they are in high school. You're not. That was like three years ago. That was four years ago for you. So that's why when Shane was even on the show, I was like, man, this guy, he just started powerlifting like four years ago. It was really new to him. Yeah, Shane's driving down. He'll be here an hour ago training. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know Michigan and the Midland University guys are fucking beasts. So, uh, yeah, so I always like when I hear kind of those young guys because you were, were broken into the sport through the social media, through Instagram, through YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And it's a refreshing kind of thing to see, like, that actually has a positive where people see sometimes social media being a negative. Where you were watching videos and you're like, oh, this is fucking cool. I could deal with the shit that happens in high school, which a lot of high schoolers are going through shit, man. I could because I remember when I was 15, insecure as hell. A big reason why I got into the weight room when I was 16 was kind of to improve for a sport, but also get that confidence going, too. So always like hearing that. All right, so you've made tons of progress in the sport. How many competitions have you done? I don't have a count. I know my first meet, I just turned, it was in October, and I had just turned 16. It was right after mm-hmm. that summer I was training. And uh, I, I'd say at least 10. I'd have to at least do 10 okay. meets. I did some deadlift only, some deadlift bench, but for the most part, I'd say I've done 10, 10 to 15. All right, so you're sure. like almost doubling mine, and I've, you know, like that, seven years that, older than you, so I, that's good. I might be young, but I've got a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. In yeah, for sure. All right, so first time I met you, it was at APF Illinois State Meet. You yeah. killed it there. Your most recent meet also had a terrific meet there. Take us through APF Nationals in Grand Rapids. All right, well, they started off. Um, the whole meet prep was kind of different than anything I've been through. And honestly, although my life might have been really rough it kind of lined me up to spend more time with my powerlifting, my meals mm-hmm. uh, at me that whole meat prep i had moved houses i had gotten fired from my job i had no income i was spending all my time at home trying to get my coaching started up but um that's kind of, that kind of went rough and not really rough it's just kind of hard to start you know and a lot of things so i had no money um, I moved, you know, I completely moved gyms. I, I had a gym local in Hastings where I live, and everyone there was kind of weird with me um, because I, they were all mostly USAPL competitors, and 
did always Fucking listen. USAPL guys, man. But no, but I'm, just, I'm fucking with you, man. It's, I'm not. It's just I didn't fit in. Okay. You know? I didn't fit in at all. And people kind of like pushed. I felt like we're all there to do some sort Did you of, not have a headband on? No. Because, I mean, USAPL guys, you got to have a headband on in order for you to fit into that community. Yeah. Did you wow. have all A7 gear? That's important. Have all A7 stuff, and you'd be like, oh, this guy's one of us. Sweet, man. Yeah, I got a bulk up t-shirt with a hamburger on it, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. You guys can't see. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, but a lot of life struggles, and, you know, at about four weeks out, literally my job, I was like, I was just at home eating all my meals and uh, just running out of money. I had no money. I sold my last vehicle. I was had my wallet stolen. I thought, dude, rough. And then, so I go to the meet. And I literally, I'm friends with the meat director. He had to pay my membership. You know, I had nothing. But, dude, I was ready for that meet. I thought I was really ready. Um, I go into squat that morning. That night, actually, I didn't fall asleep till about 1.30. That happens to me a lot during meets. Yeah. Well, what happened is we went out to dinner, and uh, I had my car impounded the night before. Good God. God. Fuck. If this could have get no worse, and I got... I got J.P. Carroll on me. I owe him money. He's not, he's a big, <laughs> I don't want to owe him money. Wait, you, know? you owe him money? Yeah, for a bar. I bought a bar from him. Oh, yeah. shit. All right. Well, uh, from from what I've heard, it seems like he owes other people money, yeah. too. So, and no. J.P. Carroll's going to kick my ass now. Awesome. All right, continue. <laughs> real rough. I'm tired. I haven't ate enough. And I, I brought, I didn't want to eat that morning. I just showered, got to the meat. And I'm typically last, so I get, meat starts at 9. I typically lift at 11, 12. Um, so I'm eating my cereal. I got a huge bowl of cereal. It gets knocked everywhere. I ain't got no food. I'm just completely flat. I start warming up, and I get to about 700 pounds, which is about my last warm-up. And I felt like I had no balance. I go down, all my warm-ups were to death, but I had no balance. So I go into my first attempt, 771. I take it down. It's easy. And, but still felt unbalanced. You know, I didn't have that bloat. Like, um, typically when I train, I'm about four meals in. I train at seven o'clock at night. Well, here I am in the morning and I'm on my second attempt and I was starving. Yeah, you I know? noticed you put that on your Instagram, your bloat. Like, kind of describe it super so, quick for me. So, you know, when you're just like hungry and you feel real flat. Yeah. And then you eat a bunch, a lot of sodium, you feel kind of full in the face. You're yeah. Gut. Well, with me getting bigger, what's most attributed in my squat is when I eat a lot of, like, uh, carbs, it expands my stomach into my belt, so I have more base to go off of off the bottom. Like, you watch Ray Williams. He's got a huge gut. He goes down there, and all that pressure between his thighs and his gut helps him rebound it. Mm-hmm. But I had none of that. So and I was extremely thirsty, and I was sweating, and I wasn't holding any of my water. And so I take 771. It was easy, super low. I take 8. It's like 849. I just say 850. And when I popped out of the rack, um, it felt heavy as hell. And that wasn't even a thing. It's like, it, it, once you start getting up to those weights, they're just all insanely heavy. Mm-hmm. You, I don't. Yeah, I talked about it last, uh, last week with Ray Williams. Like, yeah. For me, 520 pounds isn't light, but I can manipulate it a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because yeah. it's, it's not realistically that much weight i don't know like i know body weight and all that you know ratio and all that kind of shit matters but 800 pounds on your back humans aren't really supposed to lift that shit i don't care how much you weigh 800 pounds on your back is not you can't manipulate that weight. little room for error 
and more because you you have the wraps on too. Yeah, and I got the wraps and the monolith, and it's all perfect. You know, my technique's straight, and so it just feels heavy. Even if your technique, you just still squat it though. I squat mm-hmm. it easy. I take seven seventy one out. It feels heavy. I just pop it right up. Yeah, a weird feeling, but so I take eight fifty and I take it out of the rack. And I typically I don't know why I took it out of the rack real hard and it whipped me down right when I took it out. Yeah, so I felt unstable from the start. And we had pushed my wraps real tight, you know, just kind of for me day. But it wasn't the same as training. We put them on tight. I start going down, and I just feel like I'm just coming down. I I, I had no feeling of where I'm at. The wraps are way too tight. I'm just completely flat. And I take it down to about, I felt my hips hovering. I knew it wasn't to depth. And, but I knew if I went any farther, I thought I was going to lose balance. So mm-hmm. I just popped up. And they gave me two white lights. The one red was for... Depth. All you need is two white lights. Exactly, yep. And I was like, well, I made a mistake on my own rack, and that's what made me so unstable. If I fix that, I mean, the weight came up easy. I popped up 850 like I had never done before. Mm-hmm. And so I, I said, screw it, I'm going to go 410. I threw 903 on the bar, and I fixed the unrack, and I took it down to about depth, and... It was real heavy. The wraps were too tight. My knees kind of came in, and I caved right out of the hole. Okay. So I pop it up, upper back cave. My hips shot up the whole nine yards. So I missed that one, and it was pretty rough. And I knew if I'd squatted 881 or 903 that day, I mean, I would have hit the total. So now here I am with just my 850, and I'm like, all right, we're just skating through trying to beat this by seven pounds, you know, by two and a half. And with your and you're with your squat, I like what you did because I think recently, especially with APF meets and just a bunch of meets that are happening, people have been criticizing squat depth a lot. And I like what you did because you got ahead of that. You were like, no, no, no. I think I felt, and you even said it right now, I felt I was a little high on it. I got two white lights. I'm not going to argue with the judge's decision, obviously, because it was in my favor. But you got ahead of that, and I and I like yeah. someone who's um, knowledgeable and honest about their training. That's I think we need a little bit more of that. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of variables that go into it. And if I wrote it all up on YouTube or uh, Instagram, uh, no one would ever read it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so many small variables that, you know, over the years go into massive lifts like this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people don't even think about. They're like, oh, well, he got stronger, you know. Not really. That's not the biggest factor, um, I would say. From going from eight fifty nine, I could squat nine hundred now. If I was perfect, everything was right, I could squat nine hundred pounds. I know it. So, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more that goes into it than that. So, so squats went rough, and and nine hundred three completely destroyed my head. Like I was actually dumb. Like I was making dumb decisions. Like I was out of it. I, that nine hundred three took something out of me, and I was tired. Mm-hmm. We go on the bench, and everything's moving easy, but my lats are cramping up. So I was kind of not arching as much, and I progressively arched when I got to my top uh, weights. I took, uh, what was it, it was 420, or 418, um, 450, and 462. I can tell you kilos, but uh, we're all good on that. We do, we do freedom units here, so we're freedom good. Units. Yeah. I do kilos, that's it. But, uh, and I was so out of it, mm-hmm. I hit my, 400, my 462 so easily. Uh, my training partner, the guy that was handling me, and we both walked up to the table to give another attempt. It went so easy. Uh-huh. Went so easy and I was so tired. I thought I had only benched on the platform twice. I was about to put up like 495, but, you know, that didn't happen. So it was kind of a funny little story. And that's actually in the YouTube video they put together. 
for me and then okay into deadlifts and actually the biggest total on open powerlifting is 2073 by nate mccool but i know for a fact he did 2103 so my whole goal was to take 2073 with my second beat that and just go for it on my third and what i needed on my third was 799 Mm -hmm. so uh we knew my body was fully ready to lift that weight but if you watch my training, I, I got a lot of grip issues um, that I struggle with. So what I did is I took two weeks off of deadlifting heavy before the meet, and I was really conservative on my deadlift warm-ups, and I didn't hold them for long at the top. I just made sure I was gripping far under the bar and far over the bar with my over-under, and mm-hmm. it worked out. Uh, I pulled 800 like I had 850 in me, so it just happened to get my training right and get that grip right to where I could put up you know that number and uh then i cried i cried on the platform i did i went and hugged my girlfriend literally sweat and blood all over deadlifts on dead sweatshirt (laughs) and and i walked out to the hallway and sat there by myself and i was like you know four years four years i had been training for that all this time and you know now i just did it and it was so easy Mm -hmm. so um i i was happy about it but you know i won best lifter i i was just by far the highest raw total there. I was out squatting some of the, you know, the multi-ply guys, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's, I, there's, I met Dave Hoff. Dave Hoff is there. I respect that guy. Although he's equipped, it's a, it doesn't matter. He's the best at what he does. And I believe I'll be a, the best at what I do. So it was, it was cool to talk to him. Yeah, for sure. And based on your recap of the meet, you're perfectly aware of what you need to do at all times. Something yeah. that 19-year-olds do not have. So, as far as taking warm-ups, as far as choosing your attempts, as far as that, you seem to be well aware of everything, too. And I like that, and especially um, due to what's on the line. And you have that integrity, too, because, you know, someone actually totaled this at a certain point, and you wanted to beat that total. Even though Open Powerlifting, our record book, uh, or at least a young guy record book, has it at a lower total, you went to go and try to get that afterwards. So... Congratulations on a great meet, but you uh, specifically talked about how things could definitely be improved. Things are going to have to improve because you got invited to a massive powerlifting meet in Australia, and that's big dogs. So, one, take me through how exactly you're going to get out there, uh, or one, how you're going to get out there, two, how you have to change up your training in order to hit numbers that you want to hit and compete with the competitors that are going to be there because, I mean, power lifters can be train- or competing for 10 years and they will never face some of the people who are going to be at Big Dogs, ever. That competition is ridiculous. To get it out of the way, uh, it was about 10 o'clock after that meet and I was already thinking about my next meet. I, I always want to do the XPC, so that's kind of what I was gearing up to do. Mm-hmm. And I texted my coach Ernie and the guy at the meet, uh, he was running an XPC qualifier right before my birthday. I was about to do another team meet, and I go, you know, Ernie, I want to do this meet. Is this a good idea? He said, no, you're ready for the big stage. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, talk to uh, Marcos Markopoulos, the meet director of Big Dogs. And I was like, what? Like, no way. Like, I don't even I don't even have the qualifying total. Mm-hmm. People don't. Uh, it, the qualifying total is 1,000 kilos. So I said, if you're sure. So I texted Marcos, told him who I was, told him what I just did. Um, Ernie coached me, and. He said, if Bernie says you're good to go, you're good to go. And I, 
I sat there, looked at my girlfriend. She, I was like, we're going to Australia. And it was just a really cool moment. That was before 12 o'clock, you know, of that night. You know, I had done that meet. So it was mm-hmm. really cool. Um, there's a lot, you know. I'm not really sure. I've never traveled like this. Um, my training partners, Justin and Kristen, the people that own the gym, I go to, they're like, they're almost like parents to me. They're going to handle all the flights and all that. And everyone around me is going to try keeping that stress off of me or the travel and stuff because um, I don't do well with a lot of things going on in my head. I just want to be able to focus on the training. Mm-hmm. And, um, the one thing is they're using a weird squat bar, which I've never, you know, I've never heard of before. Which one are they using? It's called the uh, Sports Craft. Okay. I think they said it was either like Finland or Sweden, some other country, and it's really, you can't even find it on Google. You know, it's the uh, Pro Raw uses it. And squat being my biggest lift, it's like, okay, well, I got to prep for a meet on a bar I can't even get. So that was the biggest thing. It's it's a 55-pound bar, a 25-kilo bar, but it's got the thickness of that bulldog bar. I think it's 30 millimeters, so. I could I could train on a fifty five one of the Texas bars, but them are like a noodle compared to my bulldog. So I'll probably yeah. just compete on the bull, or train on the bulldog bar. So train on the actual equipment and like they use an Alico bar, like an Alico IPF bar, pretty sure for bench. Okay. Um, and then they use a Texas deadlift bar. But the understanding of that and the reason they do that is they want to use the best bar out there for each lift. And the Sportscraft is the best bar out there for squats. I mean. For, they, uh, Vlad Alhazov's squad is 505 on there with no whip at all, so mm-hmm. you can't do that. So, And as for travel, um, it's going to be something I've never done before. I really don't know what to expect. I haven't thought about it months. Yeah. I just money's the biggest thing. Um, me and my girlfriend, we got like fundraisers and stuff. I run a meet, and hopefully I can get some money through that. And, you know, work's been slow, but uh, we're going to have to see. You know, I'm going to have to ride it out and just – do the best I can. I'm just trying to go there and not take laughs. Mm-hmm. Ever thought about looking for sponsors for it? Or Yeah, and I have. But see, the thing is, I'm so young that um, I feel like I'm not big enough on social media yet. Mm-hmm. Nor do I push it a lot. But I truly believe that um, I will be the next, you know, uh, Andre Milanichev or, you know, Eric Lillibridge. I really believe I'll be putting up the biggest numbers in five years. So. Um, hopefully I can reach through with someone with that and they can see uh, that they'd be investing in me almost. Well, for sure. And I think it's a smart investment to make now. There are, and we talk about on the show a lot, about young guys who have become flash in the pans. Yeah. And it could always, it could happen to anyone. I mean, shit, I mean, I'm three years in. It could happen to me. It could happen to a bunch of other people who come in. You're younger than most. You're a teenage lifter. But the passion is there. The understanding of what you need to do in training is there. So I think it's a smart investment. I think sponsor you should definitely look into sponsorships because I think people look down on sponsorships or people seeking sponsorships now because yeah. they're like, oh, what are you going to do it's with your fucking promo codes? You're going to earn like five cents to the dollar. It's yeah. like for you, a 19-year-old kid going to Melbourne, Australia, I don't think I, I have to I tell you guys. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I have to tell you guys. That's a fucking expensive trip. Yeah. $5,000, I was whining about my trip to Manchester. People are trying, you know, to go fund me for those reasons to compete in that. Yeah. And I think a sponsorship for you is a very good cause. Yeah. So. And I, I've, I've talked to Pioneer, and they don't do sponsorships. I use their equipment. Lily Bridges, mm-hmm. they've got all their wraps through them. 
And so I've been using your gear for a long time, and they're they're really quality products. I think everyone knows that. So I reached out to them, but they're such a small business; they don't do sponsorships. But they said maybe they'll help me, and I'm gonna talk to the owner and stuff like that. And other than that, I think I'm gonna try. Like I went to the same meat market for the last two years in my hometown. I'm gonna see if they will sponsor <laughs> me or help me out. Um, really, other than that, it's like I don't. A lot of people like kind of like let's say USAPL lifters. They all had the A7 gear, mm-hmm. you know. They would all like to be sponsored by A7. Oh, yeah. I don't have any companies like that. That You know, I've never been a big apparel buyer. I mean, I bought Elite FCS and stuff because uh, their stuff's cheap, and I think their shoots are cool, but there's no companies that I'm tied in with, mm-hmm. you know. Animal at most, you yeah. know. My training partners, my two training partners literally run the cage every year at Animal, so... Th- and the one is, uh, he's the longest, longest ambassador that animal has. So mm-hmm. Connor Young. So yeah, for, and again, with like sponsorships, people assume it's like, especially young guys. Um, I thought this too, when I was like 17, 18 years old, like, man, if I get sponsored, that's it. I could use that yeah. for my yearly salary. And then as becoming sponsored, it's like, oh yeah, that doesn't happen. And you realize that when you're like 20, it's actually a really quick realization that you make that sponsors don't really pay the bills. But it can help you get out to those meets that you want to compete at, especially if yeah. you're a little tight for cash. And most people are. Most people just can't like, oh, well, here's five thousand dollars for Australia just to lift weights, just yeah. for a uh, competition. Like I don't need a check every month. I just need help to get to these mm-hmm. meets when I can't do it myself. You know, I work myself. Mm-hmm. I have worked a hard job since I was about fourteen, and I've had money and I've not had money. And I'm yeah. currently in situation, you know. So I'm just struggling. I'm struggling money wise, but man, like powerlifting comes first. I'll do no. I'll do anything to get to that meet, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to that meet for sure. Whether I have to borrow money, it just it's just gonna happen. It's gonna be something that I'm gonna do. So yeah, for sure. And again, I mean, hell, if like these, uh, I mean, I think your social media account is actually big enough for a sponsorship. But um, mm-hmm. some of these people get sponsored with you know not even putting up a total and just kind of taking a picture buy a car and buy a pool i think you deserve a sponsorship too yeah i'm really about it if they're there for full-blown power lifters i mean a lot of kids my age they make funny videos they wear cool you know i put up huge totals yeah. that's what i that's what i'm gonna keep on doing so and that's what i've always been proud of so okay so for big dogs when is that uh it's november 2nd okay no so that's like what 18 19 weeks from now 19 weeks okay no, I- I started right at 20 weeks, and I've already got a play, training plan, all that set out. So, All right, so how is training going to have to be different for this meet? There's not a lot of things that will be different, although I think I might be make, taking more time off because I know the flight and everything might mess with my recovery. Mm-hmm. As for that, I mean, the training stays the same. You know, I it just the blocks of time I have is that I have to play with and 20, 20 weeks is actually the most I've had in the last year to prep for a meet so I literally my last meet was an 8 week meet prep and the first 2 weeks I could have walked so it was like a 6 week meet prep Okay, uh, like one good session on each lift really I mean so I just I just need to get better I need to up my standards on my squat bury all of them no question uh, figure out the wraps you know I, we wrapped the wraps too tight too close it was it was just binding me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, deadlifts, you know, my grip just keep getting stronger. I'm gonna keep getting stronger, and I don't. Each meet, I've gained about twenty pounds the last two or three meets. 
knowing that my my squat and my bench would go up each time and you know this last me i literally had planned on just increasing my squat and hitting the total okay i increased my squat by 12 pounds and i increased my deadlift by like 70 so uh totally unexpected but uh training's gonna be kind of the same it's just that last week and how i'm gonna go into it i'm sure justin and uh, my girlfriend would take care of me make sure i'm eating enough drinking enough on the flight moving enough okay justin uh justin served in iraq so he's been in you know went on these long uh you know flights and stuff where i never have i don't know what to expect but he's got it all handled so yeah and i think with because i've seen you lift at apf uh save meet and through social media and instagram and all that kind of stuff i think that you make those technical changes with your form on really your squat because i think your deadlift is one of the better conventionals i've seen from a young lifter um you and shane nutt i think have some of the better deadlifts at the teenage division as far as being technically precise yeah. So you bought this up a lot. You get coaching under Team Lillibridge. Yep. How did you get involved with them? Why did you get involved with them? And how is training under powerlifting's, I'm going to say, strongest family? Yeah, yeah, strongest family in powerlifting for sure, no doubt. But um, So it all started, it's actually kind of a funny story. I always talk about that uh, year going into sophomore year, my first meet. Uh, I started lifting weights all the time, and my family kind of realized that. My uncle actually took me to an arm wrestling competition that just happened to be local. He didn't know the difference between arm wrestling and powerlifting. And I showed up. There's a difference. Just a bit. Just a bit. (laughs) guy with all these tattoos and stuff. I was like, I've seen this dude before. Do you know who Bull Huber is? He's got the big nose ring tattoos all over his head. It's hard to miss him at APF. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him. Yeah. Yep, well, he trained with the Lilybridges, and I was like, dude, I think that's Bull Huber. Like, he knows the Lilybridges. I was a huge fan of him my first summer I started training because, you know, all these big lifts. I was walking outside and leaving. Ernie Sr. was actually coming to watch Bull Huber about 20 minutes from my – or, like, 40 minutes from my house. And I was like, oh, my God, he's stepping out of this car. He looks huge, you know. I was, <laughs> I was 15 years old. I walk up to him with my handshake, and I go – Hi, Ernie. I'm Skyler and all this. And I was just a fanboy. And uh, at the end, he was like, see you on the platform. This was when I was 15 years old. I was like, man, you know, what if someday uh, I could actually meet him at a meet, you know? So I trained for years. And I kind of competed in Chicago that about a year ago at the Summer Bash in hopes I would meet him. Because I have always, I, I've probably watched every single training video they've got on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I probably try to replicate uh, Eric with his, his strength and power. And you just look at him, you know they're strong. I've always wanted that look. I might not look like Eric ever, but, uh, you know, he, he's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I met Ernie, and Ernie was there. And I talked to him. I tried talking to him, but he kind of, you know, he was he had people he was handling, like actual good lifters. I think it was the girls that day. And, mm-hmm. um I won best lifter that day and I walked up after the meet and he was, I think he was surprised I had one best lifter. And I was like, I just wanted to talk training with him because at that point it was me and my buddy Jason competing. And, uh, I had always coached everybody in my little gym. So I wanted to learn from him specifically because I literally, you know, they, they have coached so many good people, George Lehman, Pete Rubish, Derek Kendall, Eric, obviously Ernie, mm-hmm. they're all so strong. And I was like, Raw with rats is what I want to do. I think they're the best and the closest. So I reached out to him, and uh, I actually started driving down there two or three times each meet prep just to learn from him. Mm-hmm. So, and he, he's he been really nice. He, he's not really 
I wouldn't say he's a coach to me, more of a mentor. I okay. handle my own training. So I do my own training, but I talk to him almost on a weekly basis or like uh, every other week if I need to, you know. Yeah, that's, that's interesting there. And I've seen the Little Bridges train. I train at Surge, and they do give really quick, good advice on certain things, especially they're technically precise on everything too. Yeah, and that was like the first name I heard of too when I started, uh, when I was in college. Like, yeah. I didn't know any powerlifters, but my buddy who was really into powerlifting, he would always talk about Rubish and Lillibridges. I remember that. Yeah. In yeah. good hands with getting coaching under Team Lillibridge. Yep. And and he said you do your own programming, or do they develop a program for you? Uh, well, I followed the Lillibridge method, and I've been watching their training for years. So I almost, like, just by watching their YouTube training and reading their ebooks that Eric had out, I kind of figured out the system. Mm-hmm. But I figured out the basics. There's so much that goes into it. And every single time I talk to Ernie, you know, there's so many small things that go into these huge totals that, you know, most people wouldn't think of. And I, I'm still learning. So mm-hmm. um, he's just extremely helpful. And I just want to listen to every bit. I, I could talk to him for an hour. And, you know, he just throws so much information at me that I don't retain it all. But, and I try to because, I mean, He's been in the sport for 30 years straight. He's competed every year for 30 years. Yeah. He has seen a lot of lifters come and go. And uh, I told him, I was like, I want to be Eric's total, his team total. And, you know, that's his son. So he just started training me for it, you know, yeah. and helped as much as he could. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, we had the topic last week of Mount Rushmore powerlifting. And the Little Bridges were on quite a few people's lists as being some of the best all-time powerlifters. Now, yeah. you're a unique lifter for a lot of reasons, massive 2,000-pound-plus total, 19 years old. You also are very open about your use of gear mm-hmm. on social media and throughout yep. your training. So take me yep. through that because I'm always curious about that, especially when someone's as young and it's, it's seemingly pretty knowledgeable about it. Why yeah. did you do it, and would you advise it for someone coming up in powerlifting? Well, when I started, uh, I always – kind of knew i was gonna do it i mean everyone i looked up to had done it okay Uh, you don't gotta look at eric and say yeah he's probably natural it's like you know the top guys of what i want to do the raw with rats monolift type powerlifting it's something they all do and it's you know it it doesn't take a genius to figure that out um i knew when i I was about 18 and a half i never thought about it i just knew i was gonna do it didn't think about it at all so I started coming around a gym where, you know, some guys were on. I'd never been around people that were using it. And I just started learning and asking questions. And I did a meet, and my training partner did a meet, and we said, we're just going to do it. You mm-hmm. know, but I knew I was going to be really, really good either way. Okay. Uh, and I knew I kind of wanted to go towards that end of powerlifting. So um, we started, and we were very not sure what we were doing. Um, I... I'd say I did all right. You know, I was self-taught everything I knew um, for about two meat preps. So that'd be two cycles that I did. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, man, you know, I got to reach out to somebody. And I'm not going to name no names, but I've got really good coaches, you know, like straight up doctors that can help me with this. And people that know that, you know, I've got, you know, top lifters I can talk to about it. And they're real open with me. So I've got a lot of people to learn from. And uh, the reason... I am so open about it personally is because I was there, man. I know if someone's already thinking about it, especially a kid my age, uh, they're probably going to do it. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure that they have someone they can be open with about it 
and not go and mess their body up because my training partner I had worked watched personally uh, messed his body up really bad. I'm talking scar tissue and acne that would never leave. Just, you know, stuff that, you know, people just act like you take it and get huge. There's a lot of bad things that can come out of it. you got to take it very seriously. So um, I just make sure, you know, I'm open about it. I talk to people on DMs almost all day about it. And I don't have all the answers, but I know people that do. So I lead them their way. And, you know, I'm just real. I try to be helpful because I understand. I've watched people mess themselves up on it. So... Yeah, I've seen it myself, and when we started Two White Lights, that was one of the top things people wanted us to talk about. Yeah, was people, people are, yeah, people are fascinated by the subject. Yeah, and people want to talk about it because people don't. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like obvious that people are doing it. Um, it's just how do you get that information? You know, don't just read off Reddit. You know, that's what I was told. Just go read on Reddit. You know, that's what they all say. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea, but then again, where else are you going to get that information? You don't have anybody to learn from. Mm-hmm. And you can go to, you can find any source on eroids or whatever, and they're pretty much going to tell you whatever they want to sell. But I'm just really, I'm personally really lucky to have the, uh, the connections I do um, to many top-level lifters. And uh, just be open and talk about that. And talk about that to beginners because, uh, you know, not a lot of people are open about it. And I just want to be honest with it so I can help others if they do make that decision. So, cause it's a life changing decision, man. When I started, I knew it'd be a life thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing. This ain't something I'm going to do for 10 years. You just, it don't work like that. So it does not work like that. Yeah. Because people ask two white lights this, and it is probably the worst podcast to ask about use because both people on the show are drug free lifters. So it's like, yeah. we honestly, cause we had, um, we talked about Kelly, Michael Brandon last week. And we couldn't even pronounce the shit he was on. We had no idea what, you know, like, what's this, a steroid metabolite? What the fuck is this stuff? But that's why we always try to ask our guests or people who are open about it those types of questions. But people are really interested about the subject. And I think as far as me in the sport now, um, I don't think I'll ever take. But then when a young person asks, I'm like, hey, man, focus on your training first. Exactly, yeah. Get stronger first because you're – 1500 pound total at 250 pounds uh whatever respectable yada 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 but at the same time like let's let's get it up there let's get it up then start thinking about all the other shit that really takes knowledge dedication and a massive 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 like life commitment yeah for example i I had someone reach out to me this week uh the kid was younger than me by a couple years and the kid texts me and he goes uh you know what gear are you taking asking for a friend with a laugh cry emoji i was like dude i shouldn't even answer this you know mm-hmm. then again i thought that chance i was like man what if he does that and mess it? i mean this kid's 17 years old so i texted him and he was actually asking for a friend he was legitimately doing that he was the only person in the world who was actually asking for a friend <laughs> yeah exactly and um he goes i've got a buddy he's 15 and he's Ooh. he's gonna start and I was like, all right, red flags. I said, have him get a hold of me. He goes, oh, he doesn't have a phone. I was like, this kid doesn't have a phone, but he's going about to start this. That is an expensive <laughs> lifestyle, dude. You well, know? let's have him hit puberty first, because yeah, I don't even know yeah, if he yeah, fucking yeah. hit puberty at 15 years old. Then think about the stuff that's going to make you hit puberty again. And when and when that kid gets a hold of me, I'm going to make sure to let him know that he is fucking up big time if he yeah. does that. You know, that's not cool. I, I knew I started early. I mean, 18, 19 years old, that's still, like, 
there's a lot of guys that start then or start when they're 25 and 26, you know, or maybe right after college or mm-hmm. college sports or whatever. That's typically how people come into powerlifting, but that's like yeah. And if you, if you look at athletes, say in baseball and football, it's mm-hmm. past their 30s. Yeah. Because I think the steroid era, when you look at those guys like Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa, they got better after the age of 32, and you're supposed to get worse after the age of 32. They became better players. They became 23-year-olds again. Yeah, the the people that helped me, man, they're, they've got the studies. That's why I work with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sent me all these studies, and they're like, you don't understand the risk, man. Uh, starting at that age, you've already done the damage. Yeah. And, uh, like, they were talking, you know, early heart failure, all this serious shit that, you know, it like, you're, uh, you're broke. Dude, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of not good stuff. Yeah. And so the longer you can wait, the better. But I knew at the same time to actually doing it and hitting that total, I was going to need to. So that's a sacrifice I made. And that's one thing people don't get. People think it's like an excuse or like a, a crutch. It's like, no, it's a sacrifice. I mean, people don't want to just stick their needles in their body all the time. That's no fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just another thing that, you know, if I could do the huge totals without it, I 100% would, dude. I almost don't like doing it, but I know it's what I need to do mm-hmm. to do huge totals. So. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people are drawn to it, even in other sports, and that's why they do it, because it can make a difference between a, you know, $40,000 career salary in the minor leagues to a $8 million a year. So that makes sense for them. Then in this sport, the massive yeah. totals are, and the big meets and the money meets are from non-tested federations. So it makes sense yeah. there, too. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I think I might have described it on there was a few questions on that of like why I don't take it and all that kind of stuff it's because of the whole issue it's I just want to focus on my training yeah. this is a whole other variable and that's why I say even bodybuilders like yeah. um, pro bodybuilders who take it's harder for them than the natural bodybuilders because there's one huge thing you have to worry about yeah and bodybuilders man they're all they meant, you know, it's just getting bigger, bigger, leaner, leaner, all mm-hmm. that, you know, and a lot of drugs do both of that. So, uh, I, I know of bodybuilders and I have friends that are ex bodybuilders and it's just, it's literally like training is almost second to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just the truth of it. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I probably in this lifetime do not have that dedication or the commitment to, uh, yeah. to take. So, you have totaled over 2,000 pounds at the age of 19. There are a lot of super heavyweights who dream of totaling over 2,000 pounds and never do it in their entire powerlifting career. What's going to be your future goals for the sport as far as maybe a total goals, competitions you want to do, titles you want to take, maybe other, you know, like federations, that kind of stuff? There's a lot, but when it comes down to it, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't want to have the highest total ever. Mm-hmm. Highest. Andre Milanichev, he's the man to beat. And, uh, you know, that's the long-run goal is to beat him. But I'd say I'm, like, 40% there. So I've got a lot, you know. I've gotten the 2,100-pound total, but that's not even the half of it, I don't think. I've got a lot longer, a lot, four, five, six more years. But um, I want to win big dogs uh, for the money purposes and to say I want it, you know, the money Mm -hmm. every night. Um, There's a lot of meets I want to do. I want to do the Arnold, but I don't know if I'll ever – do that level of me i mean it's it's up there the xpc it's up there i think you'll be able to do it uh, yeah i know it for sure but they're like uh like boss of bosses these are all meets i've kind of wanted to do mm-hmm. but uh i gotta take it as it comes one meet at a time you know yeah so 
essentially just kind of building off the total you already have because the total you have already is great like a kind of like that great launching pad for a lot of future success in the sport you mentioned dave hoff and equip lifting would you ever get into equip lifting i don't think so i really don't and the reason is i i just sit there at the meets and i watch them struggle to get into all that gear you ever watch it yeah i have um actually the first meet i did was apf summer bash Uh, i was a junior there was a few people i didn't understand how any of it worked so there was a few people lifting their multiplier single ply and i was confused i'm like they're putting on this suit i don't even know how it helps you squat but then i was out squatting them so I'm oh, like, why right. even do it? But then I didn't even realize of the Dave Hoffs, the West Side yeah. guys, the yeah. all-time records that were broken and the amount of weight you could put on those multiplier single-ply suits. Yeah. So I have seen it before, and it is, it's almost like taking gear. Yeah. It's another thing you have to worry about. Your training is going to be totally yeah. different. You have to have a team around you. You can't do it by yourself. I don't think guys who are 181 pounds are even allowed to go in the uh, bench shirts and suits uh i think you have to be a a big boy for that at least at least yeah. it's just in my uh arrogant opinion but yeah. um i i just because it's for me it's like i want to go in and lift weights the easiest yeah. way to do that for me is raw raw yeah. with wraps could happen but the easiest way for me just to go and lift weights i don't need spotters i'll have the machine spot me um i'll cut my set sh- or my rep short a little bit just go in there lift weights that's me yeah, and another reason, I, I was training at a gym in my hometown, and uh, I didn't have that sport. As a row with wraps lifter, squatting 800 pounds, you can't squat 800 pounds by yourself mm-hmm. uh, out of a mono lift in wraps and all that. And uh, I felt I had the highest amount of knowledge towards what I'm doing, obviously, and uh, there was nobody there that could help me get better. So I had to go to a gym where there was that support. Mm-hmm. I you know i liked everyone that was there and i was friends and these were people i had watched since day one almost got me into lifting and uh but i had to make that move i drive almost an over an hour to the gym i train at now and that's mm-hmm. the most local powerlifting full-blown powerlifting gym around so yeah with yeah with equipment too it's like what if because for me it's like sometimes i train at 11 o'clock at night sometimes i train at clock 11 o'clock in the morning if i don't have a team around me i'm looks like i'm not gonna lift if i need help in the suit if i need a spot if i need three spotters four spotters if i need someone yeah, definitely least... doing the lift off for me with the uh the shirt yep yeah for sure uh we i've always had to have a set days uh we've always had days where at six or seven o'clock we just go to the gym and we train for three or four hours that's just what we do um now my schedule is thursdays and saturdays Every Thursday night we bench. Every Saturday night we squat and deadlift. I squat and deadlift. Most of the other people just deadlift. Yeah. Um, so, and the gym I have right now is, I really trust the people that are around me. I, I believe they really care about my performance. Where I've had that before, and I've you know all my training partners beforehand when I was coming up, squatting five, six, seven hundred pounds. I've always had people that cared, and when my main training partner had gotten injured and quit and gotten those. Uh, issues from the gear and got out of it i felt i had nobody you know like nobody truly cared about my performance as much as i did i had to move so mm-hmm. i moved to a gym and uh i they care about my performance as much or more than i do you know and that's you know that's a great thing to have and i've always had that i don't see how people could go without it i, I am just saying just go and uh train by yourself and that'd be a nice thing but i i couldn't do that i couldn't do that where the level i'm at so 
Yeah, and I think now, because I've always trained alone without a team, but recently I've been more involved in surrounding myself around powerlifters. The reason why I came to gyms was to surround myself with more powerlifters, and I'm already seeing the effects of I could do what I could without a team, and I still don't have a team, but just people yeah. around me helping me, it's not even so much a spot and the support, it's just telling me what I'm doing wrong. Which, exactly, yeah. That's, that's big. That's big in the training, especially um, it's really beneficial if you're young, but even if you have success, it's hard to continuously have success. You need someone telling you how to get better because I don't give a fuck who you are. You can get better in the sport. Yeah. And if you don't get better, someone else is going to get, be- get better than you. Exactly. And in that gym, everything was good job, man. Mm-hmm. You did good. Well, I was, everything did not feel good ever in that gym. So mm-hmm. um, I had to go where people were, you know, I squat my 850 in training and my training partner goes, well, the depth looked iffy. Where if, if I was in another gym, they're like, oh, yeah, good job, man. That was awesome. That's they're great. just excited to see 800 pounds on someone's back. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I like to be excluded in almost like a hole-in-the-wall type gym where I have nothing to mess with that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, literally, I literally don't like windows, you know. I don't like to see the outside. I like to be in there and everything but that, you mm-hmm. know. But that's the only thing that matters when I'm in the gym is getting it right, so... Yeah, no mirrors, no windows at surge any levels. So, um, yeah. I mean, you've been there, correct? Yeah, yeah, I've been there about three or four times for mm-hmm. sure. I spread my fe- first uh, seven fifty there. So. Okay, yeah. yeah, big reason why I, I uh, kind of switch here as well. But mm-hmm. that's about it for the interview. Thank you, Skylar Brandt, for coming on. Give this guy a follow at the Michigan Monster. Give this guy a sponsorship. He's a beast. He deserves it. He needs to get to Melbourne, Australia. Thank you, man. Get him there. Good luck with everything. We're definitely going to have you on the show again because I think people want to hear from you. You're a fan request as well. I always try to mention that. Fan requested interview. Of course, we want an interview, but uh, it's always cool when other people, like two white listeners, want to specifically hear from you. Yeah. Yep. All right. Sweet. Good luck at Big Dogs. All right. And we're back. Thank you again, Skylar Brandt. He's going to be on the show again. Yeah, so I wish, I wish you could have been there for that one. I know it's, uh, sometimes logistics can be a challenge with uh, with guests, but yeah. uh, great interview. Awesome, awesome interview. Yeah, Bane has an important life, and I don't. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's why. Not what I said. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm, that's what, no, 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 that's not what he said. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. He's just busier, so I get to do interviews. It's a, a, a pro and con. Yeah, a lot of pro and cons to it. See, I guess I can look at it as I'm simply delegating. Yeah. So just continuing to flex my leadership, I'm just delegating. So I like it. You're doing it well too. So we brought up at the beginning of the show. Two highlights topic of the week, unofficial t- uh, topic of the week. I was thinking about supplements. Yep. For one reason and one reason only. I go through my news feed. Mm-hmm. Just going through the the great face, uh, great Instagram Explorer. Yep. Is there anything better than Instagram Explorer? Aside um, from the fact that they probably shadow ban me, and I'm a little pissed off about that. That's fair. You know, it's a great, great tool. Yeah. I do cause, enjoy it. Because the great thing is about, like, you hit a wrestling thing. Yep. You get to scroll through, and then a bunch of other wrestling things come it's up. I get, I get to watch a bunch of clips from old matches, At, atomic fan elbow. arts. Atomic Elbow, baby. Yeah. Great wrestling meme page. Yeah. So, oh, there's tons of wrestling super fans, another one. Oh, but you, you hit that thing, you see it on the thing, you scroll through, and then boom. But, you go, you're, you're a big soccer fan. You see one on your yep. explore page, you scroll through, you get a bunch of old clips, new clips, oh, so good. funny clips, football, baseball, um, and powerlifting too. Yep. So if I go through powerlifting, I see either great lifts, I see uh, either people great flexing. Fails. Yeah, I see some great fails. Oh, Maybe yes. Tim Fuckery ends up on there even though I don't believe they have the page anymore. 
I, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. I, I, no, no, honestly, I'm yeah. going to. Yes, Cubs 5-3 leading over the Mets. We need that. We need <laughs> We're this not win. live right now. Yeah, we need this win so bad. <laughs> but, yeah, they're probably going to lose fucking tomorrow. But, um, oh. yeah, we're recording this on Sunday. Are they still a team? Yeah, shut up. Oh. Uh, they're in first place, dick. Um, but, so you go through powerlifting. There's people flexing in mirrors. You get a little bodybuilding mix in yep, there. You do. get some fitness pages, which is all fine. And I occasionally do that, not as much as I do with soccer and wrestling. Yep. But I noticed a reoccurring one with CBD oil. Yeah. And Herb Strong. Herb Strong especially, yes. Herb Strong is big. Yeah. And I'm naturally going to assume that the contract that they're giving these people are fat. Or at least good enough. Because there are some great power lifters making cringy posts. And it's not cringy as far as what they're doing because they have to fulfill a contract obligation. Sure. Because when you see those posts, it's not like, oh, I'm going to specifically dress in my Herb Strong sports bra or shirt. I mean, I wear mine consistently. Yeah. I mean, I just wear a sports bra. Yeah. But I didn't know, I, I didn't even know they made one. But they do. They make thongs. They, they make shorts. All of it. They do all those things. So it's just mostly a person flexing who's very handsome. For some reason, always buy a pool or a nice car, which yeah. I guess those two go hand in hand. Um, and I see a lot of bodybuilders. I see a lot of powerlifters. I see a lot of people who are actually tied into the show uh, as far as, like, guests that we've uh, either yes, formerly have or friends or that kind of stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck does this thing do? Because depending on the post, it's like I will be my facial hair will be nice, maybe my boobs will get bigger, maybe I know we could always need them. Uh, I I will be surrounded by a mansion, yeah, uh, a nice bed, uh, and and the gym, and it's just them with a little liquid oil. Yeah, I don't know if they're dropping in their mouth, what they're doing. So I know CBD oil. I hear a lot. It's becoming the advertising. But the marketing for it is confusing as fuck mm-hmm. because they're not telling me what's going on with it. Does it help me recover? Does it make me stronger? What does it do? Does it does it strengthen my joints and ligaments? And from what I've got, because when I posted that one of my mini rants that I did on my story, mm-hmm. people were sending me in things of how much it costs, what it does, helps with sleep, Can. helps with recovery, Can. helps people decrease their anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I responded, I'm like, Wait, they're selling people marijuana without the awesome part that without, marijuana without does? The, without the THC, yeah. Mike, are they the worst drug dealers in the history of <laughs> drug dealers? Are they making money off this? I kind of knew what it was, but at the same time, I understand it's a good thing because I've heard it helps with kids who obviously can't smoke pot and helps them with That's either... Well, I don't think, I think kids still can't do it. Like eight year olds. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you know what else be realer? Both of us are, are of age. Um, did your parents and or family members ever give you a sip of wine, beer, or anything other alcohol yeah. before you were 21? But they would never, of course, but they would never make me smoke a cigarette because it's just like, that's bad for your health. So. The, the effect of one hit of marijuana is, I mean, from what I've heard, Sans filters, I get it. From what I've heard, um, it, that that could be enough for some people. 
to for for, for one sip of wine or beer. Hell no. Even for are a you talking about for for a quote unquote addiction or no no just for just to get high to get high. I mean tr- yeah true yes. So yes. and then it's like hey, a kid you got to inhale it like yeah. oh, really Jesus Christ. I didn't <laughs> like, inha- I didn't inhale. Yeah, I, I did not inhale. <laughs> I did not inhale. But yeah, uh, that was my best. Bill Clinton impression. I, I, I can't do the impression. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we're all doing the thumb the right thumb now. And like we're on a podcast, so no one can yeah, fucking see that. Exactly. The thumb is crucial. Um, so here's, here's my thing with the CBD oil. I don't know if you were done with the rant or not. Well, okay, I'm just, uh, I would like more, I would just like better marketing. I would, I understand this marketing works. Well, because you, the other post was cringy as shit of that lady do you want doing better marketing or more informative marketing. More informative because I think people are buying because I think eighteen, yeah, eighteen <laughs> through twenty. The marketing's working. Eighteen twenty-five year olds that said it before on the show are really stupid by their very nature. But I just was looking at it and that that cringy handstand post where she was doing flips that oh, I reposted. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, apparently CBD oil makes you into a world class gymnast sort of fuck this person's true. doing, and you know, you just happen to be in a thong while doing that. But. The whole, I mean, shit, I, surprisingly, I haven't seen a lot of bodybuilders, or powerlifters go in there, I actually have seen one, never mind, I don't know the handle, just lifting constantly in a thong, I'm like, interesting, I won't talk to him, I'm like, it's an interesting post, but I, have you seen that? No. Oh, yeah, I gotta, it actually kind of started a little shitstorm, but I'll, uh, yeah, we'll I'll show you after the show, but, so, I will, yeah, I will like more informative things, but I'm like, is this something that powerlifters take? And it, they do. Well, I do. They do, a but lot do. M- most of them who I've talked to will just m- much rather smoke pot because I l- last time I checked, CBD oil, whatever, helps your sleep, anxiety, possibly other things, yep. possibly recovery, but it doesn't make mac and cheese taste amazing. It doesn't make Taco Bell taste like you just got a five-star restaurant. It's true. Food uh, doesn't make FIFA that much more fun. doesn't make Led Zeppelin sound amazing. Yeah. It, so it's it's like the shittiest drug deal of all time. Well, again, it's not meant as a drug per se. I mean, it's no, like, no, it's like it's like it's, it's going to be legal yeah. in most places. So. Right. <laughs> it, it, but I, I hear what you're saying though, is with you know, with so many things, you know, Bang Energy is a great example of this too. Where the the way that it's marketed is TNA. Yeah, I disagree with you a little bit because I don't follow Bang on Instagram. Okay, but. I do. Is it that bad? Is it that much? Because I feels like it feels like girls and men, for that example, pander to them sexually, and that's where we get a little bit pissed off. Like I saw the girls at the bang booth; it wasn't terrible. Of course, they had implants, and of course, we go to all the, all the fucking booths. But it, if, you, if you if you pull up a, uh, an Herb Strong post, and I'm gonna start, I'm gonna just pull, so I'm not talking on my ass right that's now. That's why pull them both up because I I've seen many of them, and it is similar in the style to marketing. You're going to uh-huh. see either A, the product, and or, and again, it could be both, the the scanly clad, typically females. Okay. Typically All right. females. Uh, yeah, there are, so there's a lot of females on here. So you're, you're um, on the page right now. I yes. So I'm talking about, there's a lot of females. Sex appeal is, it's up there, and it's a little, I just went through, it's a little cringy, but it's very easy to mark an energy drink. It says energy drink on there. It, it does. So it, it gives you energy, so I think. Is, what are they trying to do? They want to get your attention with. Yeah. That. Okay. And the, 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 the perceived benefits of CBD. And I'm not saying there's not benefits to it. And there's def- there are definite ones. I'm yeah. not knocking CBD I, oils. Those are very, those are beneficial. Yeah. I get. And good, and good ones can have a lot of positive. Yeah, of course. So I'm I just. I question whether Herb Strong is a good one. 
Mm, yeah, I honestly don't know. I it's just mostly, and I'm only ranting because of the marketing. Because Bang what? has a few energy drinks that I don't dislike. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of energy drinks, but they taste good. I mean, they have a nice coffee wine. It'd be really cool to have coffee-flavored stuff with Yeah, I, I can't believe, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe people were drinking coffee without caffeine it's this crazy. entire time. Who the fuck knew? Man, what a, um, what dumbasses yeah, people are. When that came out, I was just like, probably the same way you're feeling about, like, why would you market? Why would you even tell people you make this? Oh no, pe- no, 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 it, it worked, it worked. Because people, people were, were like, it. people were post, the only reason why I found out, cause I'm follow Bank. I don't give a shit yeah. about Bank. People were posting on their story like, oh my god, I can't wait for this. I'm like, hey, do you guys Go pass, I'm like, do you guys pass up gas stations? Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts? Starbucks? Pete's? Java Jam? All those different, Java Jam's amazing. Yep. Um, all those different coffee places that have flavors to it. I, I, what the hell's wrong with you guys? I'm not a coffee, you know, I'm not a coffee guy. No, and I, and I am, and the, well, it's flavored coffee, it's but flavored, like, oh, and it's a kettle, keto coffee on that, and I wanted to get that can and punt it off a fucking building, because coffee is, right up is keto or some shit. Keto. Keto, is it keto or keto? It's keto, and then keto. Ketogenic then, or that's a whole that's a whole different. I'm not even gonna start that show right now because we'll be here for another hour. Yeah. So anyway, I digress. CBD, the the they need to continuously bring this up and normalize it the way they're they're marketing it because to your point earlier, marijuana is going to be legal nationwide. I give it five years. Yeah. Most of the legislation that I'm seeing, and so I'll, so I'll go into like how you know how I look at this from my my profession's perspective. As legislation starts moving closer and closer towards normalization for the commercial side of things, where there's going to be exceptions and normalization for commercial drivers and pilots, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes more socially acceptable and more legislatively acceptable across the board. Yeah. Because when you can do it, when you can figure out a way that you make it work and you set the boundaries for those that have transportation in their day-to-day profession, then the, the masses can also partake. Yeah. So... Sorry, that's very wordy and very... Um, no, and it makes sense towards... Because people were people were legitimately asking me because they thought I was, like, saying it's, like, a janky, like, thing that they're selling. No. I don't think it is. I'm just ranting because I think the marketing of it is annoying. And and, and guess what? I get annoyed at a lot of things, and I make mockeries of a lot of things on social media. So, and I do that in person, too. I will go on to a 30-minute rant. I have a fucking podcast that I mostly rant on, so obviously I'm a big fan of because ranting. Because we can. Yeah, because that's my thing, is ranting and talking <laughs> shit about things. Um, I also got into a weird rant, and I think it's time for Batman to be played by a woman. But we'll get into that for another <laughs> I mean, you've met Bane. Yeah. The female version. Yeah, I have. She's strong as shit, too. Yeah. Just saying yeah, but but yeah, I get I get into rants often, and then CBD oil is just another one of those rants I'll forget about in a week. But it got me thinking, due to the amount of powerlifters I see, good powerlifters too, yeah, marketing it. I'm like, is this really important for them? Is this part of their supplement stack? What is in a powerlifter supplement stack? Because from people I follow, yeah. the only time I see supplement stacks is through bodybuilding. And fitness people. Generally speaking, yeah. They are really involved in that, and it makes sense, because their goal is to look good, and supplementation will probably have a uh, bit of an effect on that. Okay. Then I was thinking about myself, of course. Like, I don't take a whole ton of supplements. Um, Any particular brand that you prefer? I enjoy Rivalus. Excellent. Yes, I enjoy Rivalus. Use code ANGELA15 to get 15% of all your orders. But... Um, but at the same time, like, even if you go with a specific supplement brand... You, they're giving you pretty basic stuff. Yeah. They're multivitamin, creatine, branched amino acids, that kind of Protein, stuff. Proteins. Yeah. 
it's all basic stuff. So I was thinking, what exactly do powerlifters say? Because they're not as vocal about it. Generally speaking, they're not, though. Because I think it's not as important. As it's, like, it's in the way that they market it, though. Because yeah. what that's like, you go on to the majority of lifters that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that we know and, and that we follow. Almost all of them have some type of discount code for some supplement, whether it's Redcon, BPS, uh, whomever. Yeah. But typically speaking, you're right. They don't necessarily post up there, here's my stack. I can count on one finger how many times I have publicly put out what my stack is. And the only reason I did that was, again, thinking in the bodybuilder vein, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I went from in 2016, I think it was, uh, from 258 to 218 to compete at 220 at the end of the year, uh, the raw challenge there in, uh, in Lombard. And we made a big deal about it at the Monster Garage and Eric Rose wrote an article about kind of how I did mm-hmm. that and, and really how I was focusing on, on my nutrition because that's what did it. You know, my training state is very similar, but, uh, the, the nutrition was important. And so that was right at the beginning of our partnership with Universal and Animal. And so we posted all the different stuff that I was taking. The, the way, the multivitamin, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But past that, and, and that, that's not, we don't, we just don't talk about it. Yeah. And, but, it's very well known that powerlifters do take a variety of supplements. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that was re- really where I think your head was at. It's like, we know we take this, just we don't yeah. talk about it. Well, I, actually, I, because I know for myself, I don't take a whole ton of it. So I was wondering if people are like me or people are similar to me, because my supplement stack is very basic. Yep. Creatine, possibly a protein powder when I miss out on a meal mm-hmm. or something or just kind of don't feel like making a meal mm-hmm. or my meal is not as big and I want to throw a little bit of extra protein in there mm-hmm. and caffeine and the tears of small children yes yes of course uh, of course but um yeah and like Brad Castleberry's blood of course I injected into of course uh, but he still thinks he's still around no uh, you know what I actually feel kind of shitty making that reference I've, actually, I've been blocked by his main page oh good job good yeah. job That's the two people yes. blocked by Soul Sarah Brad Castleberry <laughs> I'm at Drew Ottaway, Little Weak Guy, or the same person, yeah, Gracie V, and uh, I might edit that out, because I do like the guy. He's a good dude. He's fine. He's a fine dude, but he, blo- he blocked me, and I don't think I'm not going to get unblocked soon. Probably not. Um, and, yeah, so we'll on Gracie V, but... Still, Gracie, I still have access to. Well... Not blocked. Well, um, she hasn't... I, well, it's probably going to happen. Just say anything. She'll do something terrible. Yeah, I guess. But when, like, uh, so... My supplement stack is pretty basic. Creatine, caffeine, and caffeine is usually in the form of coffee. Okay. Uh, that's my caffeine. I do enjoy my coffee. I have my emergency pre-workout uh, case. Like, you know, it's a hard day at work. Or it's later in the week. I noticed yeah. that, like, on Thursdays I have a hard time. Like, it's a hard training day, so yeah. I really got to kind of wake up for it. So that's about it. It's pretty simple. Okay. Um I, I used to do the multivitamin thing. I've been getting really lazy. Okay. So I probably should start doing that because I know vitamins are good. Yeah. From what I've been told on by my like parents and on, stuff. On socials and uh, I don't even think that. <laughs> I think just people like, yeah, you could probably have vitamins, man. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Makes that sense. makes sense. That makes sense. Seems legit. Yeah. I, and I remember I used to be kind of into that, but like... I'm lazy when it comes to, like, supplements. Sure. So I put on my story uh, what supplements powerlifters take. Most of my the people who follow me are powerlifters. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people who listen to the show are powerlifters. And if you're not a powerlifter, thank you for listening, but why are you here? So... It's not wrong. Yeah. And the answers were 
a wide variety of different things. Some were reoccurring ones. The most common I saw was creatine. Yeah. And creatine is one thing I do suggest to people. I agree. 100%. Go on examine.com, search creatine, and the great thing about examine, one, well, examine.com is a great site. Mm-hmm. Um, it will give you really good scientific, scientifically researched, uh, studies done on certain supplements and all very legitimate too. Creatine, and it's always good when something's reviewed a lot. Yes. Creatine is the most reviewed, most proven for athletic performance. And it's been reviewed since 60s, 70s. It's been for 40, 50 years, people have been taking creatine and seeing good effects from it. And no real bad side effects either from it. And also, it's cheap. It's 13 to 20 bucks. That's a fantastic supplement. And it lasts a long time. Five grams a day, that's all I need. And that's what a lot of powerlifters need as well. I saw the multivitamins in fish oil. You take those as well, right? So I, t- I actually do not take fish oil. Okay. Uh, but I do take, I take glucosamine for my joints. Okay. Uh, glucosamine and chondroitin. Uh, I've seen a lot of benefit to that. Simply with just moving around in ge- and, and general movement. Uh, for me, you know, being a little older, uh, mm-hmm. for, for those who don't know, I'm the older of the two. You are? Uh, significantly. I don't know. That. And you know, there's, there's just, there's just more miles okay. on, on my body. And that, yeah. is, that is from age, that is from, uh, sports and playing, you know, I played competitive soccer for, Longer than you played football, and that's not a good or a bad thing. It's just I just I did. No, you did. Yeah, if you did it longer, if I played football for longer, baseball longer, you it had more miles too. Yes, and and so you've got that. Plus, then you've got the the beating that our bodies take because you know whether people want to admit it or not, powerlifting is a very body violent sport mm-hmm. uh, because of what you're putting it through. And so for me, like it's basically WD forty for my joints. So it yeah. makes sense to take that. So that's that is one hundred percent a must for me. The other big one that I take that is. The other non-negotiable is magnesium and D3. Okay. I'm not going to get into all that because there is a there are two fantastic articles on EliteFTS.com, uh, both by Eric Morosier, where he goes into very deep detail on how important magnesium and D3 are. I highly encourage our listeners to go and read that article because I cannot summarize it any better than Eric has. Mm-hmm. And then he also lists literally every study that he used to back up everything in the article. So you've got to sell it a week's worth of reading with with that particular article there. So. Highly recommend checking that out and, and adding D3 and magnesium to your supplementation. Yeah, and well, those, and that's really good. And a lot of it is multivitamins. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I know it's Sunday. Hopefully by Monday the weather's nice. But if you're in Illinois right now, the weather could suck my balls. Yep. But uh, we got a lot of uh, – yeah, I mean, we got – so we got the common – protein powders. Yep. It's protein, of course. Meat is good. Pro- protein's protein good. Protein helps muscle growth. Yeah, it's very simple. Yep. Very simple thing. Um – I have, I think the most stupid questions I was receiving when I was younger yep. and actually looked like a person who worked out, where that's where the questions I would get were mostly not workout based, was what food protein. based. Yep. And, well, what protein, but what supplement? People, but it wasn't the most stupid question. Because what protein to take? Sure, I could tell you that. Because some at that time were like selling it for 15 bucks, but they were sure. kind of doing that like, was it amino spiking? Yes. So that was a big thing where it's like you might not be getting the it's like false advertising. It's yep. kind of that's not. BCAs are proteins, so therefore we'll keep, keep track these grams. As. Yeah. So so like that stuff. So they would ask, and I would give them a reliable kind of source with yep. that. But the most stupid question was, should I cycle on and off protein? And that was a stupid question, even for me who was 19 years old, because I was like, do you cycle off meat ever? Do you cycle off foods? Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. cycle off eating calories? 
Protein is not a magical supplement that makes you bigger. It is supplementing in protein that's important for recovery and muscle growth. Yeah. So most people put uh, protein down. Yep. Um, a few people put branching amino acids, and I don't, I don't get it. A brand can amino acids. Okay. Unless, like, I, I can't see the effects of it. And if you go on examine.com, it has shown that the effects of it is minimal, especially if you're a fully grown male who has, like, a 2,000 calorie diet, which I think most powerlifters do. Oh, yeah. I think the only time it's, it could be good to supplement in if you're, like, a nine, if you're, like, a 100 pound female who's, like, on 900 calories. Which is, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. I'll be honest, I do take them. Yeah. Uh, I've actually got it right here in the I call branching amino acids my muscle or my uh my water enhancers. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they yeah, are. Yeah, it's like my flavor, it's like it makes my water taste good because yep. water doesn't taste like anything. I don't know if I'm breaking any news to you guys. Water um has no flavor. So sometimes mango tastes yeah. good. Sometimes and green apple tastes good. I am a big fan of lemon lime flavors, just any type of citrusy type flavor. Really? So. How about like lemon lime pre workout is not my shit. Yeah, I'm all about it. Really? I well, love it. I got some samples for you, sir. I trust me. Right? <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not a sponsored athlete by Rivalist by any stretch. They did hook me up with a huge the well, sample you're, box. Was you're going to get more of it because I'm cool. With I'm going to be totally honest. Lemon lime. I could drink lemon lime things. I actually had the the post workout. Yeah, I have. I just refuse to drink. I love it. Okay. I love well, it. I might actually try it tonight because, yeah, because I had actually my very first pre workout that I had was lemon lime one more rep. Oh yeah. That one, that one, one got me amped as shit. Like it was actually probably unhealthy for a seventeen year old to get that hyped. What are you gonna do? Uh, because I never had coffee, so gotcha. like I never had caffeine. <laughs> so like I never had caffeine in my life. That one, the the the, the only shitty thing was by my sink. Drinking it and trying to force it down because it was the worst goddamn flavor really? I've ever had. Yes, and you know what? They might have improved. Like brands might improve their improve their flavors. Awesome. That one in particular because it didn't taste like Sprite. It didn't taste like Seven Up, which are good drinks. It didn't taste yeah. like Sierra Mist. Good drink, delicious, whatever. Yada yada yada. But generally, do you like lemon lime flavored? Oh yeah, oh okay. yeah, lemon lime because I like yeah, of course, like uh, Italian ice. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, putting a little lime in, in like a nacho or something, yeah. or like tacos. Fantastic. When you make that drink, that those pre-workouts and branched hand amino acids, the tartness sometimes okay. is like, I'm going to throw up because this really? is just too much. And it doesn't really taste like lemon lime. No. It tastes like, it tastes like they, like, uh, they kind of just didn't put like sugar in serum mist. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Where it's like tart. Instead of sugar, they put something super tart in. But, Whatever. I, uh, I, I'm not a fan of Love anyway, Lime. I and I got into a rant about, uh, uh, flavors there. Yeah. But the, uh, but brand can amino acids in general though, I don't recommend them to anyone. No, not, not as a true supplement, but as a water flavor enhancer all day. Yeah, of course. All day. Um, also myofusions. You guys have those? I, you like my, I think you had. I thought I was on your desk. The black cherry thing? Oh yeah, the meals. Oh, yeah, meal yeah, fusion. Yeah, yeah. My, sorry, I'm sorry. probably mispronouncing it. Those are delicious. They are. They are. I love those. I uh, one that. of my favorites: sweet tea, lemonade, and black cherry. The one you had. Black cherry. Great. Yeah. So, um, someone just said just vitamins. Thanks. I would love to be a little bit more specific. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, than that, uh, super greens, protein, branched amino acids, and pre workout. Super greens are bullshit. They are. I think they are. Yeah. Okay. Like the. Like the I've seen a few different companies. You could make a shake with, with vegetables, and it's pretty damn good. Right. Exactly. And so, like, the ones that are specific, like, oh, it's super greens, it has enhanced 
blah, blah, blah. Like, no, man, you basically just pulverized plants and hopefully some of the stuff stays in. Yeah. You gotta remember that from the time that stuff is yanked from the ground to when it's actually processed and then in that packet that you're dumping in is about four weeks. It's lost a significant amount of nutritional value. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Just make your like vegetable protein or vegetable shakes. Yeah. Like kale shakes. Those are relatively good. Put some orange juice in there, put some coconut milk in there or something. Quick recipe. I don't do this often, but this is one of my go-to, you know, morning shakes. If I'm doing that is cup of kale, two and a half cups of pineapple, two scoops of vanilla protein. And depending on where Matt Keller was that day, Mm -hmm. either, um, cup and a half of milk or a cup and a half of water. Yeah. Mix that bad boy all up, and then a little extra water just to make it slightly runny. Good to go. Yeah, that's I, I did. I think orange juice, kale, like a little unflavored protein powder for a while, uh, <laughs> some spinach, maybe like some berries in there too. So the the water apocalypse seems to be upon us right now. I'm looking yeah, outside. Okay, we have to end like this podcast early so we don't get fucking stranded I, in I, here for real, man. Because it was sunny when I got here. God damn it, it's ridiculous. Um, but. Uh, we have a lot for caffeine and pre-workout. Yeah. Uh, pre-workout seems to be a really big one. Um, people actually put steroids in there. Makes sense. Uh, for certain people, actually, is that are being serious about yeah. it, too, is, like, uh, mass gainer shakes for mm-hmm. those heavyweights. they got to maintain yeah. that weight. So, um, yeah, we're getting a lot of creatine. Someone says joint stuff. Thanks. Uh, someone I, I said chicken was... titties and rice, man. That's all you really need. Um, no, I appreciate actually, the response. That's not what you need because it's a uh, chicken and rice. So chicken and gross. Was it man. chicken comma titties or chicken titties like chicken? No, it, it, uh, chicken titties. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, chicken breasts are fine and all, but it's, again, it's I, I, it doesn't give me energy, people. Like I like it doesn't enhance my performance. Chicken. No, it doesn't. You know, you know, this is great. Red meats, steak. Have that. Have gr- I. I I used to be a chicken person, yeah. only because it was like, it, I mean, I obviously like chicken. It's Relatively chicken. inexpensive too. Yeah, and but I turned into a a ground beef person. So pretty quick. Big big thing with ground beef. I am a fan of ground sirloin or yes, ground, like I want to know what cut of beef it is that I'm getting. Yeah, when ground, ground sirloin's beef, good. Yeah, it's just ground beef. I get a little worried about it. Yeah, and actually a little bit. Of, oh yeah, so ground sirloin I get. I actually should have specified. So that is what I get. It's ninety six four. Nice. Um, I will go. I like a little fattier too. Ninety ten. But yeah, ninety ten works. Um, money. But uh, yeah, I do like my ground sirloin and sirloin steaks in general. Those are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Costco ribeyes. Yeah, rib of course oh, ribeyes. Yeah. But sirloin. All right, so certain days good with the ribeyes. Certain days are good with the sirloin. I need to mix it up a little bit between those cuts of meat. So the the ground sirloin. So we're getting into more of the nutrition topic, but the, the ground sirloin is is everyday lunch. So yeah, six days a week. Oh yeah, now it used to be me, yep. and it's actually kind of turning back into me again. Yep. And then I do I alternate on training days. It'll be uh, ribeye in the evening, mm-hmm. and on non training days it is. Uh, Chicken breasts or chicken thighs and eating. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, tur- what's it? Turmeric? Oh, turmeric. What is that? Turmeric? Isn't it, it's, it's a spice. Well, it can be a spice, but it's also being used and people are pushing it as a way to help with muscle recovery and with joint pain mm-hmm. through exercise. I, I'm not as educated on it as I should be, but... I don't see as much research as I would need to say that's an actual true statement. Okay. I'm just, I, I saw that a few times. I was like, err, I felt like you put that in things like. Yeah. You can. Food. Yep. Like, I, that's what I thought it was. 
Um, a lot of people were asking about Canadian proteins. <laughs> uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's like what I was just, the Camp Kelly Michael Brand hooked me up with a discount code. Yes. Um, a lot of people are apparently meth and cocaine uh, users who uh, yes, listen huh? to Two White Lights yeah. and follow me. Keep at it, guys. Well, that was the first one I put. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so cocaine, yeah. meth, and butt plugs. Again, meth and cocaine do not mix. The butt plugs and cocaine is fine. Yep. Um, Two out of three in bed, baby. Yeah. You got all. Yeah. That's it's I'll a sober kill. I think you would know about that. Yeah. Of course not. But um, well, Jesus. Uh, well, uh, PB and, yeah, people, a lot of people just put food down. I'm like, alright, calories are good. Yeah, calories do technically provide energy and do. Ibuprofen, can't be a USA PLSer apparently. Yep. No. Uh, based on what I've, I've, I honestly think that's bullshit. But, um. Interesting, some rants I heard from people about the USA PL this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like all over the place now. I don't yeah. think people like powerlifting federations anymore. Just generally speaking, yeah. Cause no, cause everyone's shitting on the USAPL, and I was like, yeah, give it time. Oh, fuck. Here. I'm like, it's US, well, I mean, it's happening with USPA. But it's like, with rants about USAPL, the other, th- I'm like, that's not a USAPL problem. That's a meat director problem. What they're saying. It's Most like, of it is, yes. It's, yeah. a, it's, and, I but mean. It, but it's, here's the thing, if it's consistent across meats across the country, is it actually a USAPL problem? I think people it's go into USAPL meets looking to complain. That I'm I've seen this with coaches, and I've seen that before. I'm like, oh, we got a USPA is awesome. Fuck off already. But whatever. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of times people look to complain for things, and I hate that it's going into that, like that powerlifting kind of trend. I I hear what you're saying, where people are. They're, they're, you're right. They're looking for the things to get shitty about. It's like, well, everyone told me the spotters were going to be bad. Well, okay, I get it. Like. I haven't seen the terrible ones though. Like uh, as far as at nationals, well, at nationals there was okay. So at nationals, well, at uh, collegiate nationals, yes. Um, but I think again, I think when we're talking about Eric Stone, we're getting on a whole different ramp here. We, but we Eric Stone, yeah. yeah but with bad. like with that, that's one thing. But it's again, you're getting a bunch of college kids who, and a lot of them too. There was a lot of lifters going, so that means you got you can't find 13, 14, 15 good spotters. Maybe have like six spotters who actually know what they're doing. Yep. But other ones, like a guy's knee buckled at uh, IPF Worlds yep. and he dropped it in front of him. Like, hey man, the spotters can't do anything. His knee buckled right when he walked out. Was yep. they're going to catch 500 pounds? Just, oh, I got it. Like they're Javier Byers or something. Like, what the hell are you going to do? So whatever. That's that's my rant. You can only react so fast. And, and that one, I'm not going to yeah. hit the spotters on. Speaking of IPF lifters, yep. uh, someone said Viagra and uh, <laughs> yeah, your sister called and you need more of it. Uh, <laughs> that's a little inside joke. but um, Or your stepsister. We got into a long conversation about wow. that. Wow. Yeah, your sister called. You need more of that. Um, and that's about it for the amount of uh, supplements powerlifters take. Yeah. And it was... Refreshing to see that it's mostly kind of the same things bodybuilders take, but they're just not as I don't think regular takers of this thing, or yeah, it's not really, a, the, the sports are not too different. Yeah, and we had a lot of people just say none. Yeah, uh, reoccurring guest Heather Connor uses none, zero. Natty. Yeah, natty, natty, natty. I yep. guess, but um, natty, natty, raw, raw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where I mean, shit. I guess I could break a drug test with my caffeine, even though that's. More than Eddie. That's, but, what, uh, that's what we're saying. But, yeah, because caffeine, I think, is the big one as far as enhancing my performance yeah. and then creatine. Yeah. I think I would rank them cre- or caffeine, coffee, obviously, uh, creatine, and then the other shit. Maybe maybe protein. Yeah. I just, I, I have protein pow- drinks like maybe two or three times a week. 
I mean, I, ha- I have them at least once a day, but again, it's just to your point earlier about the being a larger guy, I mean, just to yeah. maintain the, the calories each day. And then during the school year where I have to wake up earlier. Yep. So if like, if I wake up later, my appetite's good. If I wake up early, can't really build that appetite. So, and I've talked about the show, rivalous whey protein, put in my coffee, good there to go. go. I get yeah, especially one just four hot drinks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, first hot protein. Yep. So we got that for us. So that about does it for two white lights. We have two white lights question of the week. Um, if you ask me what song is playing in the background of my powerlifting videos, I can't punch you in the face over the internet. But goddamn it, I wish I could sometimes. Good block them. I could, but that's a little bit. That's like kind it's of an strange. overreaction. It's I strange. think a punch in the face is a little better because I can't. You don't want to be blocked from my page now, do you? No, you don't. But, uh, yeah, Sweet Kid Music is coming your way if you ever ask me a song that's in the background. Now, I will sometimes answer if I think it's a banger and I love the song, but most of the time I'm in a gym where I'm not choosing the songs and I'm not even focusing on the songs they're playing. Because one person did ask what's the song playing in the background, and it was House of the Rising Suns by The Animals. Great song, and you should know it. You should. You should know that it's a classic. You want cultured swine? Yeah. And they're asking because they were digging a 60s song, which, I, which I'm perfectly I mean, fine yeah, exactly. with. One time I posted Alice in Chains. People weren't asking what song. They're like, fucking awesome song choice. I'm like, thank you. Alice in Chains are great. Don't ask me what song is playing. Maybe DM me, and I'll tell you I don't know. But if you do it on my page and waste my time, I'm going to tell you to Google it. <laughs> and if you think I'm being a dick... I am being a dick, so you could unfollow, you could do whatever you want, just don't ask me what song's playing. What did you get that hat? Yeah, that was the first one. Fucking idiot, man. <laughs> what a dummy. Still one of my favorite Yeah, what a dummy. Ever. Every time I think about that, I get mad. It's, like, it's got Adidas on it, man. <laughs> Speaking of which, I want to, everyone, I, I post, I bought a new belt, got yep. my answer finally. I saw that, it's very nice looking. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Not a lot of people have the white belt. And you got you got the uh, the 10 millimeter or the 9? 10. 10, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I like the 10 millimeter belts, white. I wanted to look into someone like who does designs on insert belt because people are saying get Pioneer belts. They do the designs not IPF approved. Can't get them. Not USAPL approved either. Yep. So got to go with Inzer. One, I want a Juventus logo just on the back or an Adidas logo, like somewhere sure. on there. I just think it'll be cool to do um, because it's a beautiful see. belt, but it's just a white belt. What I would love to see is the, the Juve logo. The Adidas logo and then in between it says 14 Eh, that's a little bit too much, right? I, that's what I would like. I, I would, I want one logo or two logos, but one or something or, uh, Fino alla fine in the, inside of it, even though it's like going way too Juventus super fan with that. I just think just the J on it, it was one a cool logo or the old emblem with the Adidas. There you go. So. There you go. I'm just, if anyone wants to do that for, for free, preferably. Yeah. I'll give you a shout on the show. That's better than money. We could just put two white lights on the front. Okay. Uh, we could, but I don't know. The if contrast that's on the g- white light is not. Yeah, good. it's gonna it's gonna be hard. <laughs> so my super sturdy Inzer black belt. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, that would be perfect. Perhaps. Actually, a pioneer two white lights belt would be awesome. We obviously have to pick the color scheme black. Yes, of course. Duh. Listen, I had the black. In I mean, and also, you know what else looks great are the two white lights T-shirts. They do look great. They look great. So and they're available. One, and they're available. For purchase on Two White Lights website. Help us Links come to you. Bio. Help yeah. us come to you. For sure. Um, and, I mean, don't need to listen to the show. It's a cool-looking shirt. It is a cool-looking shirt. Yeah, I like it. But that'll do it for Two White Lights this week. Yes. We're looking to get some more guests on. You, it's good seeing you, too. Yeah. It's yeah. Good, to be, good to be back in the lair. 
Good to be back, even though it's raining. But yeah. now it looks like it's and raining. Then it's yeah, we gotta fucking leave. Yeah. Because <laughs> I gotta walk. I, I didn't even realize where I parked. I'm gonna park in the parking garage. So I gotta walk out. I'll drive you over there. It's fine. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright. I'm the co-host, formerly known as Enzo, and with me is... That being 316. Deuces. Deuces.